used to sit with my dad in the garage The sawdust, that pine saw in the moss Around every spring, when the winter thaw We'd huddle around the rail, twist the broken knob 7, 10 a.m., no KJR Daily house, his voice would echo throughout the yard Couldn't have been older than 10, but to me and my friends The voice on the other end might as well have been God's 1995, the Division Series Eggers at the back, bottom of the 11th inning Got the whole town listening, swung on it, belted The words distorted, Joy Core rounds third Here comes Griffey, the throw to the place, not in time My oh my the Mariners win it Yes, fireworks, they lit up that ceiling in the kingdom We had just made history Alright, thank you for tuning in to part 2 of episode 5 of the Swinging Bunt Podcast You probably just heard us do part 1 And you heard us still talking because, you know what, we thought Why not give you guys an extra episode of premium content this week So that's exactly what we did We're going to be talking about um, our power rankings this week And we'll take your questions and we'll mix in a little bit more extra baseball talk in there. Hope you enjoy, and here you go. Let's go ahead and talk about this this London series, all right? I mean, holy cow. Did you guys watch any of these games? It got too long for me. Yeah, I watched some of them, and I had to do something else. It was too long. So 17-13 to 13 in the first game, and 12-8 to 8 in the second. And the Yankees scored nine runs in the seventh inning in the second game. And the Red Sox still almost came back. So, have you guys heard any of these crazy theories about why this is going? Why this happened over there? No, hit me. I, I have not. Oh, you guys are missing out. You got to read this. Well, so, chicks take the long ball. Say that. The yeah. over under for like the betting line for the first game was eleven runs, and it was we went it went over the betting line, so it scored over eleven runs in the first five well, outs. The first five <laughs> outs. Yeah. yeah. Suck um, to bet the under. But what else was I going to say? Oh, um, so people are trying to figure out why this happened because people expected there to be a lot of run score, but not to this magnitude because the stadium is um, like shorter Small. in center field, right? But it had a big wall. So people were like, oh, they're going to hit tons of home runs. Well, not even that many home runs were hit, especially compared to this season. But people are just scoring like crazy. So it's a soccer field, right? that they leveled out and they turned into a baseball stadium. And there's a lot of aspects that people are saying really poured into uh, into this offense just going nuts. And they think it's just like the field, for instance, has its heart. It was really hard, so the ball really slid on it really hard. And like little singles t- or little line drives, uh, ground balls turned into singles and like singles in the gap that would usually get cut off, rolled to the wall. And people just kept running where everything was hit. And then they're like, all right, well, what about the pitchers? Because they're making so much contact in a year where strikeouts are really high. And they're saying they think that it was because the mound wasn't built like the way most mounds are usually built in the major leagues. So that it was making him not get as much like movement on the pitches and everything because every pitcher was getting smashed. Um, another thing, like of the 100 outs, 108 outs that were recorded in the two games, 86 of them were by the relievers, which is the most ever in a two-game period, meaning just that the starting pitchers for neither team went very far at all. Um, <laughs> which I just thought, those are just some interesting facts from the two games that I thought we had to touch on because it's the first time a team has ever played in Europe, and it was the most kind of bizarre baseball we've ever watched in two games between the Yankees and the Red Sox. But if you guys didn't watch it, there's not much we can discuss about it. So I guess we'll I mean, on. it just... I mean, it just it didn't look any different. Uh, the balls that were being hit, it didn't seem you know it, it didn't look any different from any other game. 
I just think maybe with them being out of their element. I mean, obviously, out of their element probably wouldn't add up to 30 runs, but I don't really know that all those theories probably play in a small factor, and then you count in the fact that they're playing not in their home country on a on a couple days rest and different things, and mm-hmm. you don't know. I mean, they're playing sleep la- or jet lag is a legitimate thing. And it was. Pitchers, they did fly in like two or three yeah. days though before they actually started playing. Uh, to be honest, I've been over there before. That's like right when you start getting used to it. Mm. So if if the you know if the pitchers weren't used to it, whatnot, and if the mound was a little off and you're just a little sleepy, you're not quite yourself. I mean. Yeah, you might throw them a couple over the plate, and when you have Yankees hitters, you have Red Sox hitters. That's what happens. Yeah, it was very. I saw... Go ahead. Well, I, I saw I saw another theory, and I think this one has no, a lot of substance. But uh, they said the balls were a little, the baseballs were something was funny about them, like they couldn't get a good grip on them. Mm-hmm. And when you take away a curveball from teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees, and you're just throwing fastballs, that's going to be a lot of contact, especially with that Yankee lineup. And even the Red Sox mm-hmm. lineup, they're big fastball hitters. Yeah. So you take away the curveball or the slider breaking ball, it's going to be open and season. I doubt. If if that was the case and something was different with the balls, I don't think they would have used different balls. But possibly what could have happened is, like, some kind of moisture that, like, was in the air or with the flight it was coming over in the planes. I don't know. Maybe something like that had over, to it. Over that couple-day stretch, from what I heard, it was unreasonably and unusually hot over there, uh-huh. and maybe that somehow affected the ball. Interesting. Maybe the pitcher, maybe the pitcher's hands were a bit sweaty, slipping the, you know, and not. I don't know, I, but I just know from even some of the the World Cup game, women's World Cup games in France, it was they they it was so hot that they were implementing uh, breaks mid half, which soccer games never do. They were saying that the games in London were exceptionally hot for and that people in London never deal with. So maybe the heat had something to do with it, too, because if it's that hot, you, you hit a pop fly that usually goes 280, it goes 320 that day for whatever yeah, reason. You know, if the ball, who knows? Yeah, I just thought it was pretty interesting stuff, like uh, hearing about how crazy the games were and just the possible theories. I've heard a lot of crazy theories rolling around. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our show, so let's go ahead and just discuss our last topic, our power rankings, and then we'll do our questions and we'll get out of here. Um, who right. wants to go first? Do you want to do first five or all ten? How do you guys want to do it today? I can go first. I'll do five. You know, I'll go first. Okay. All right. My top, my top five. Number one, Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two, New York Yankees. Number three, Minnesota Twins. Number four, James, your Atlanta Braves. Number five, Wes, your Houston Astros. Does anyone have anything different from that? Probably I have it in a different order. Dodgers, Yankees. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, I have the same as Toby, so that's what I've got. Also, you guys go ahead and give your discrepancies. Okay, I'll go. Uh, so I got Dodgers, same as same as y'all. Dodgers number one. I think that's pretty. We've all got smart. Dodgers, right? Yep. We're all yep. Number two, I got the Twins. Uh, you know, they're they're still hot, and until they uh, cool down, hot, finally they're slowing down a little. Well, bit. I, yeah, I think they went five and five over the last ten games, mm-hmm. but. Their uh, their hitters are still still hitting, and their pitching is still elite so far. So far, it's the worst. The Indians that they were terrible for so long, and then we started playing like really well. June we were we were the hottest team in June until we played the Orioles in baseball. We had the best record in June, and then we look up at the standings and we gain like one game on them. We're still nine games behind. <laughs> it's like come on, this is ridiculous. Twins are playing. Twins. Yeah. yeah. So then then number three, I got the Yankees. 
Uh, you know, they just lost Stanton again. I gave them a little bump for that. Uh, number four, Astros. Uh, number five, I have the Brewers. Um, Interesting. That, Their that lineup, pitching really concerns me. Yeah, I, I know. I, I think I think the lineup, the lineup is where I give them the, the nod there. And I think if the pitching can, if they can pick up another starter, maybe a bum garner. I know he's kind of been off, but if they can pick up a bum garner, I think he'll really take him over the yeah, top. Yeah, the Brewers so, don't. Speak, they don't mind spending money. That's one thing. Speaking about, okay. speaking of the Brewers, I have a real quick question after we're done with power rankings. So go ahead, James. Uh, the reason why I couldn't put the Brewers up, which I'll talk about where they are, is because their run differential, they're at negative seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they're There's... winning that many games. And they still have – when they lose, they lose by a lot. When they win, they're biting their nails. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. It's a really interesting fact. You don't see teams like that who have run differentials below zero. That's and real. run differential, if you don't know baseball, I'll explain real quick. It just means – the amount of runs between you and your opponent throughout the year. So, for instance, teams with good records usually have a really positive run differential. Like, for instance, through 81 games in the season, you'd want to have, like, maybe a run differential, what would you guys say, like 45 or 50 plus? Some teams have even way more than that. But the fact that the Brewers, as a team, a winning team, they have scored fewer runs than their opponents this year, which is just crazy to think about. They they won two out of three against the Pirates this weekend, and they scored seven total runs in their three-game series. That's nuts. That is nuts. Um, what were you going to say, James? You were talking before I cut you off. I'm sorry. I know. I said what I said, but I can just go ahead and do my power, unless Wes has something to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I did Dodgers one, Yankees two. I think they're only going to get better. I mean, they keep winning. They had the best record in the American League with a subpar lineup all throughout the year. Yeah. So uh, Astros, mean, meaning it's not their full line. Not it's not what they normally is. Job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I have the Astros at three. I know they're kind of hit miss, but I still think they're just too talented not to be number three. I I, I almost put them and the Twins tied for three. Yeah, I can um, see that because I think the Astros are a better team, but the Twins are playing better. Yeah, and then I have the Braves five, and uh, that's just because. The American League is the top half of the American League is better than the top half of the uh, National League, and, and then it falls apart. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 That's one thing that's interesting this year is the Bra- the top half of the American League is really good, and then like the whole National League, with the exception of a few teams, are are contenders. Yep. Um, Toby, go ahead and do your bottom five. All right, six through ten. I got the Rays, the Cubs, the Rangers, the Red Sox, and the A's. Um, didn't he- to be honest with you, until I was like looking looking at some of the, I didn't even realize that the the Rangers were having such a good year. Yeah, didn't realize didn't realize the the A's were having such a good year. Um, the reason I throw the Red Sox in there is they're starting to figure it out after that horrid start that they had. You know, everybody in Boston kind of freaking out, like, who the heck are these Red Sox? We just <laughs> we won sixty six percent of the games last year, and now we're just not going to win anything. Um, the Cubs, uh, they're they're. They're kind of like the Brewers right now. They're kind of just treading water. I would have put the Brewers in here somewhere, um, and I kind of wanted to because um, I've been able to watch quite a few of their games uh, being around here. But their pitching concerns me too much, and I feel like with the addition of Kimbrell, the Cubs got better, and they I just feel like they have the upper hand on the Brewers right now. And so that's why I have them. And then the Rays having an incredible year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say incredible. They're having a good year. But, well, I mean, it's the Rays. What did you, like? Did we expect they, them to they, do what they're doing? I mean, they're doing this without glass now. That's the that's the impressive part. Yeah, their best pitcher. They're, 
And Snell sucks. Uh, he's he's turning it around. Yeah, he's an average pitcher right now. But his his ERA is over four, I think. Yeah, I mean, but he started guy, really bad, and he's gotten on better lately. But still, though, I mean, you're saying they're not having an incredible year, and maybe not like as a record, they're not having. If you were just looking, wow, that's incredible. But for the Rays, when your your Cy Young winning pitcher is not going out there and performing, even like an ace. You got one of your top guys that's been out. Did you really expect this out of the race? This is not socialism. I'm not going to say you're having an incredible year just because you're having adversity. <laughs> uh, you got to earn it, man. Whoa, whoa. Easy, Bernie. <laughs> I said, yeah, was, okay. I'm not saying that. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's political. Okay. <laughs> I will say, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the race would be this good with Snell being this bad, I'd have laughed at you. So I will, I will say that. Yeah. I will agree with that. Thank you, Wes. They are Thank doing you. better than they should. Much like the Yankees. Um, for my bottom six, I do have the Rays, the Cubs, the Red Sox, Rangers, and the A's. Um, yeah, the Rangers and the A's, the two surprise teams for me there. Like, I didn't expect either of them really to contend this year. The Astros kind of did the same thing last year where they started off pretty okay. And um, I hate you, James. <laughs> they started off pretty okay. But they're they're keeping it up this year. And... Uh, when we talk about the Rangers later in our question segment, I think that's a topic we need to discuss. Um, but yeah, Rays, Cubs, Red Sox, Rangers, A's. What about you guys? Go ahead, Wes. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave the Rangers for that other topic. But uh, 6 or 10, I have the Rays, uh, 6, Cubs 7, Braves 8, Red Sox 9, and Indians 10. So. Indians 10. Now, when you put the Indians there, is it because of their recent success and, like, you're hoping that the, the guys come back from injuries are going to do well or what? Well, I was expecting I, – I, I don't think they can catch Twins unless Twins just completely fall apart. But uh, I think the wild card is a legitimate possibility. Plus, yeah. But uh, without giving away my, my hand too much, uh, I think the A's and the Rangers might be a little bit pretenderish. Okay. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. We look at the American League wild card right now, and the teams we have are the Red Sox, the Rays, the Rangers, A's, and then the Indians, as far as records go. End of year, I do think there's gonna be a, it's going to be a really hot race among those teams. I think all of them have a chance of making it. That's what I like about the two wild card thing. I think it's pretty interesting. And kind of with that, I was kind of hoping that the Indians would fall apart, so they would sell Kluber. Maybe the Astros could, could buy him. Uh, you don't, but uh, you don't want him. That's my opinion. We want red hands. I honestly, uh, Wesley, uh, I hate to say it, but I think Kluber doesn't have much left in him. Well, we also thought that about Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander. Nah, he's killing oh, it. We knew. I'll we knew Trevor Justin. Bauer. I don't want Tyler Bauer. His name is Trevor. Hey, hey Mr. West, can you explain to me? I'm just curious why you have the Braves so low. Just curious. Well, losing Falcon Weiss or whatever his name is. Yeah, him falling apart. And I don't know. I just, I just think your, the bullpen's a little iffy. And the Fun lineup, fact, you had the best bullpen in the month of June. Okay, month of June. Uh, yeah, we sucked but, before. <laughs> we were and, awful. And Austin Riley was really hot. It's cooled off he's a little really bit. Cold. He's hit three uh, home runs in the past two games. Well, I looked at his stats. He's got eight walks compared to 58 strikeouts. Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, he's the modern baseball player. 
Well, no, it doesn't walk at all. Technically, though. everybody playing is a modern baseball player. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I think Acuna is really great. And maybe Keiko <laughs> stays really Legend. good. But uh, I think Keiko is going to catch up with them. Um, so. I'm all for Brave Slander, so keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I mean, Freddy Acuna is good. But, uh, yeah. Right. I do. I do think. I do think they they can rise though. I will say that. I mean, they're they're smashing. They're doing a good job. They're clearly leading in the NL Central East. NL East. NL East. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. All right, James. End up our power rankings and move to questions. Uh, number six. I have the Cubs. I just think they're a little better than the Brewers. Their staff is better. Their everything is better. I think personally. Uh, I have Rays at seven. I have Rangers at eight. I have Brewers at nine, and I'm doing the tenth team based off current hot teams, and I put the Nationals actually at 10. That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. I am not sold on the Red Sox at all. They've lost three in a row. They've lost six of their last ten. I am not convinced on them at all. And the A's, I they choke every year, every single year. Interesting. It, I, I agree, like, with the A's. I understand not having them in there. I'm not sure the Nationals belong in your. Have you seen them play recently? Eighteen, eighteen and eight in the month of June. But but they're barely over five hundred. They're uh, yeah, but they were twenty seven thousand games under five hundred. Started quite, started started the month of June. Quite a hole. Finished finished one over. Max Scherzer's have had the best month of his career. That's right, you heard it. Max Scherzer had the best month of his career last month. The Nationals are only on the up and up. So I mean I don't, I'm not I don't denying, have to keep going. I'm not denying but, they're playing great, but I'm not here saying they're the tenth best team in baseball. Well, I, I mean know. the record doesn't show it. I guess right power now. rankings is not your predict. Predi- sorry, prediction of who's going to be the top ten at the end of season. Now, top ten right now. I'm predicting the best tenth best team. I think they're better than the A's. I think they are better than whoever I don't have on that list. I do think they're the tenth best team. Okay. All right. I'm a, uh, okay. They just need I'm bullpen help. They need serious bullpen help. Their bullpen is so bad. Oh, yes. It's so bad. Their starters yeah. have to go eight innings so they lose. Doolittle's good. Doolittle baller. He's, yeah. Everybody else He's sucks. doing much so more than Little. Him. Overthrowing <laughs> him. We just picked up uh, Johnny Venters and Fernando Rodney, so there you go. We got we got everything figured out. <laughs> Fernando Rodney. I might change my tenth team. All of a sudden. <laughs> he just hurt his case. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get into our questions. We have four today. Um, we already answered one partway through the question, partway through the show. I think we did. Yeah, we talked about the voting systems. That was one of the questions. Other one, it kind of redresses a question we were asked last show. We were asked, "Are the Rangers a serious contender with how well they are doing?" And we said no. But no. uh, a month later, I'm looking at the Rangers. I think that Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, they're both pitching really well. And their offense is the highest scoring offense in the American League. And in that park, they're going to win their games at home. Um, they've already handled the Astros pretty well this year. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they're the only team that could beat the Astros. Um, so, I mean, they've already got decent re- decent in-division record. So I think the Rangers are real. I think they're going to be around for the wild card at the end of the year. Do I expect them to catch By the, the way, Astros? they have the no? fourth most run scored, not the best. Okay, how close is it? Because last week when I was – or a week and a half ago, they had the best when I was watching. And they're the 13 behind the Yankees. Okay. Well, yeah. 
Well, the Yankees, Yankees scored quite a few runs. They're the also behind the Twins and the Red Sox as well. The Yankees and Red Sox combined for like 30 runs each this week. and so I was just, just making sure you knew the, Anyways, the facts. Okay. They're, they're right there <laughs> at right. the top. We'll just say that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, I think they're out real. Of 15. I think they're real. So that's my opinion on that. West. Now, I I'm on your side. Hot, hot takes there. <laughs> what are you thinking? The Rangers are pretenders. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Mike Miner's been good. He has been really good. Lance Lynn, he's been pretty good. But Joey Gallo is playing out of his mind, and it's not it's not sustainable at all. He's always hit home he's, runs, though. He's, that's what he's always done. Yeah, he's always hit home runs, but he's never hit the ball with this consistency in his career. And all the numbers say that he's he's gonna he, he's at the top right now. He's in for a big nose dive. I'm, I'm predicting he's gonna hit. I think he's hitting around 275 right now. By the end of the season, he'll be hitting 225 or lower. What if his nose dive doesn't come until next year? It's I, I'd put money down. It's going to happen, and very soon. Maybe even after the All Star break. Interesting. It's coming very I think soon. It's, but I think listen, it's, listen to the lineup. Lazar has been. Mm-mm. Pence has been outstanding. Shoot, yeah, been outstanding. Hunter Pence has been bad the last five years. And that's yeah. I love Hunter Pence. Yeah, but Elvis Andrews is a baller. With with Hunter well, he's Pence, he's having though, a great year, and he hasn't been good the last couple of years. Uh, Elvis Andrews has always been good at one thing: getting on base. Yeah, so which is what he needs to do. Yeah. But he's been really good this year, as opposed to just being like maybe pretty good. <laughs> so I don't know that I, I would agree with Wes on this. They're pretenders. Um, awesome. You know, it's a cute story. They, they might hang around for, you know, maybe a month or after the All-Star break, which, you know, then you're starting getting into the, the nitty-gritty, and then they'll fall off. So when yeah, you say pretenders, I'll, do you think they won't be able to contend with the wild card? Well, I'll say, I'll say uh, one more thing with that. I think the Rangers, and the, they, they sometimes do this from time to time. The, the biggest thing going against them, well, maybe not the biggest thing, but one of the big things, their stadium is a oven. Those players cook in there. So it, it it just grinds them down, and by August they're dead. See, I don't they know about dead. that because no, they, no, that stadium is an oven. It is. Trust I've, me, I've been there. I've been to tons of games. I used to live in Arlington. I know how hot it is. But they always score at home. It's almost like the American League version of the Rockies. Yeah, but 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 if you look at the if you look at the 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 decline from like July to August to the early part of September. They always nosedive. It seems. I, I mean, except for the year that they made the World Series, it's always a nosedive. I want to look into it because I've never heard about that. That sounds like an interesting little study. I'm going to look at look at that because if that's true, that's that's interesting because it is hot. It's really hot there, especially July and August. So and they don't have a closed roof. So they're they just they are just cooking. Well, yeah, until that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So next question. <laughs> Some people think that the slight <laughs> this is oh my word the sliding mitts sliding into second base. They said, "What's up with these guys that these that they're wear uh, these gloves? These guys are wearing on their hands. It's like they want to run to the dugout right up to get on base to grab up their cookies." They can bake. So um, I just thought that was funny. and We'd read it, but yeah, they're made so they don't break their fingers. Um, it happens all the time. It, does. it happens way too much. So that's smart. And protect people that did break their fingers, a.k.a. Trey, Trey Turner. Turner. Yep. Yeah, that was coming. So did he break his finger? He's going double oven mitt right now. 
<laughs> he dove back to the base and broke his finger, didn't oh, he? He's he's wearing two. He broke his finger bunting. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he, Bless him. He always yeah, on his left. Learn how to bunt. <laughs> he, yeah, he always wore one on his left, and now he broke his right pointer finger, index okay. finger. Can't use his hands. <laughs> so he, uh, if you actually, if you actually watch the Nationals, um, he must first take couple games back. Well, after watch after his first couple games back, Trey Turner was wearing like a finger cast on his index finger, so it was not on the bat, and he's still batting like that. He he actually lost the bat quite a few times in his first couple games back, but now he's figured it out. But if you watch Nationals game, Trey Turner's index finger on his right hand is not on the bat. A batch of cookies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Let's look at our at our next question. So do you guys have any possible trades you want to see before the deadline or any little predictions you have? I don't really have anything. I don't want the Indians to trade anyone away or trade for anybody because I don't want to get Will Smith. So. Will Smith or another reliever, maybe the a Shane one? Green. Or the actor. Yeah, the, yeah, the white one. Oh, okay. Will Smith or Shane Green or some decent reliever to the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I would kind of add to that. I think either a Bumgarner or a uh, maybe a, maybe a Stroman to the Brewers. Brewers yeah. big buyers. Yep. I think uh, Atlanta is going to get a relief pitcher uh, closer. They don't have a closer at all. Who would you, who would you want? Uh, I think we probably. I want to get Kirby Yates. Is who I want. Well, but I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think. I think we're, we're going to go for Will Smith. Is what I think we're going to do. Yeah. And I think I think Stroman's going to go to the Yankees. All right. Would you uh, Would you rather have Matthew Boyd or Madison Baumgartner? Boyd. It depends. Boyd. What team am I? As the Braves, or I would rather have Baumgartner. I'd rather have Boyd. Yeah, give me, give me Baumgartner in the playoffs. I'm going for the championship, not a year to keep a guy for a long time. See, we yeah, have I mean, so many Boyd, pitchers in the minor leagues, we can risk it. I guess. That's a, that, that is a good point for the Braves. Uh, yeah. Not everybody has that luxury. But the Braves, you, you got some you got some Houston's good, uh, got that luxury. Good young talent. Yeah. Houston yeah, seems smart. like I mean, it depends now. on who you Bum are. Bumgarner doesn't want to go to Houston, though. Yeah, he's going to go to a lot of teams. He's a crap. Yeah, I know. Hey, he's a good guy. He nah, needs to stay in San Francisco. He needs to stop have... watching balls go into the ocean is what yeah. he needs to do. <laughs> go get it out of the ocean, baby. That was great. That was great. All right. Okay, before we, before oh. we end, I wanted to ask one question okay. real quick. The other day, and Brewers fans, because I work for a Milwaukee radio station and uh, get to go to games and attend press conferences for Craig Council and you know talk to players whatnot, one to talk about all the time is we need length from our starting pitchers. We need length from our starting pitchers. We need length from our starting pitchers. And so the other day, Yuli Shasin is pitching a decent game. He's given up like six hits, walked like two, but he's stranded most of them, only given up one run through five innings, has thrown 78 pitches, and Hold council on. pinch hits for him. That's National League Baseball any... for you. Got to get that pinch but hitter in. You watch your mouth. <laughs> but that's... But it's the fifth inning of a one-to-one game. You can salvage one run by letting your pitcher go out there again and figure it out. And also, Shasin's not a terrible hitting pitcher. Yeah. He's one of the better ones in the National League. I so think it makes my sense. question to you is, how does this – do you think that the idea – because Brewers do it all the time. They did it with Davies the other day. He was p- pitching decently. 
He was through five and a third at 90-some pitches, and he gave up a double, and they pulled him right away. But when they let, but they let Brandon Woodruff the other day go into the eighth. But my question to you is, do you think this idea that I'm going to let my pitcher go out there, and my idea is hopefully he can get through this order twice, and hopefully that's in the fifth inning, through the fifth, and then I'll depend on four relievers to finish the job. Do you yep. think it's better, the, the old strategy of let me send my starter out there for seven, and then you know maybe we need one or two relievers or more relievers? It depends on the state of your bullpen, right? So if your guys have been worked super heavily, then they need, and you have some guys that need some work because they need to pitch in pressure situations, like, look, this is one game and we got some guys who are well-rested. We can have four guys go one inning each. Sure, go ahead. That's no problem. Take them out. But, like, in the instance you're talking about with Chassin, one-to-one game, he's thrown, what, you said 78 pitches in five innings? 78, yep. I mean, all you need is Christian Yelich to come up one time and hit a bomb. You're winning two. So here's, here's how the game finished. They bring in, uh, I don't remember who they brought in for the sixth and the seventh. They both do their job. They bring in Junior Guerra in the eighth. He gives up a run. It was two to one at that point. Junior Guerra gives up a run. You, and then they bring in Jeremy Jefferson in the ninth. No longer a safe situation because the game's tied two to two. Jeffress gives up a run. So it didn't pay off. But yeah. when they have, they have the next day, Brandon Woodruff, they let the guy just continue to go out there and go out there, and maybe it's because they just trust him to be their ace. They let him go out there again after throwing 90-plus pitches. They let him go out there in the eighth. He gets two outs, and then they pull him you know, after he'd you know, given up a hit or two. And I'm fine with that because then you're bringing in – they brought in Albert, the last out in the eighth, and then you bring in Josh Hader, and it's locked in. I think, but I don't, I don't I think, like the strategy of yeah. depending on more relievers. I think something you just have to remember is, like, there's no real formula as much as people want to say, and, like, us as fans, we say, oh, that's stupid. you got to remember with managers, they know their teams, and, like, if a guy needs work, he needs work. If a guy's tired, he's tired, and they know, like, okay, this guy's gonna not going to – he doesn't have good numbers against so-and-so, or but he's bad for the lineup. The previous start, she seemed through 91 pitches. So it's not like he was overworked the previous start. So I'll just, just tell you right now. That kind of stuff frustrates me. American League, he goes back out until he's in trouble. That's how the American League works. You pitch until you're in trouble, right, Wes? That's, That's not true because then they would Wes. never have the opener. They would never do an opener. The, if I you mean, want to go that there's route. Very, there's very few teams uh, uh, openers. That's what I thought. James. <laughs> not a lot of people do openers. But, the Rays do it. But I will or, say. Kind of, kind of to Toby's point there. He's saying, you know, the, the, a lot of those managers don't want to hit the third time through the lineup for these yep. pitchers. With the opener, a pitcher can go through six, maybe seven through, through the seventh inning, and only face them maybe one or two times because it's like going like through the it. fifth inning. Yeah, because honestly, uh, you look at numbers for starting pitchers. The it's almost across the board. Once you fill the third time, they start hitting you. Uh, if you want to be smart, have your starting pitcher face them twice, get them out of there. That's what a lot of teams are starting to do. So I don't know. Right. Toby, I don't like it, but I don't like that strategy. Maybe I also heard that. not everyone has Max Scherzer. Uh, yeah, I'm a Nats fan. <laughs> I've had Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin. All these Gio was good for us. I've had all these good pitchers. Maybe it's just I'm spoiled. <laughs> also, uh, I was listening to MLB, and they were talking about this is the first time ever in the history of baseball that the relief pitchers have a higher ERA than starting pitchers, and I think. That has a lot to do with the fact that what Toby's talking about, they're pulling pitchers early to try to get an advantage. And I think it's really, really messing up relief pitchers because now they have to pitch more, they have to pitch longer. Uh, and I think, I think what, 
like what they did with Woodruff is what I think seven innings is what if I was a manager is what I would try to get my starters to go to. Um, and let, you know, of course, unless he, unless he runs into problems. Yeah. My goal is get them into the sixth. If you have to get two and a third inning or two innings, yeah, two to two and a third innings done out of your bullpen, I'm okay with that. So. My my only saving grace for Council and pulling him there is that three lefties were coming up and they brought in a lefty. That's the only reason I could think that would be logical for Council to, for Council to pull him there. But still, in my my opinion, to to count on four relievers to finish the job, so five total pitchers. You got to hope five total pitchers have a good day that day because you're. It's not like you're up. Eight. It's not the American League where you're putting up lots of runs. You, you, it's it's a one to one. It's a two to one, three to one game, three to two, whatnot. So you, your your you know reliever comes in, has one bad hit, and gives up a run. Well, shoot, shoot, now you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so to depend on four guys and say, all right, each of you have to have a really good at Gorlis. I don't know about that. Yeah, there's a lot of different strategies in baseball. You never know what's going to work. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yep. All right, one quick question that someone brought up that uh, I want to talk about. The question was the history of the rally cap. So this is something I had looked into before, and I was able to go back and just kind of double-check some things. There's a lot of theories. A few different teams claim um, claim the rights to this, mostly just being the Tigers and the Mets. Back in the 40s during World War II times, uh, a lot of Tigers historians claim that they had people fans and teams all the time wearing their hats in funky ways, but it wasn't really used as like a good luck charm. Um, and they didn't really see anyone in the baseball world doing anything with their hat for good luck charm until 1977 and 1978. The Rangers um, kind of, they finished second place in their division and they had to come back from behind for a long time. Like they had, I can't remember how many games in a row it was, but they just kept winning game after game after game and coming from behind every time. And they claim that they were wearing their hats upside down during that time. But the, the clearest, the clearest um, example, it was in the 1986 World Series. During the game, the Mets were trailing in game six. And the, tel- the TV camera showed a few different Mets players in the dugout wearing their caps inside out. And that's the first time it was proven that we've seen someone wearing it on camera where we say they're doing this to try to come back. And they ended up coming back in game seven. And then they did the. They came back and won in Game Six in the tenth inning, and then they did the same thing in Game Seven. They saw that their hats worked inside out on Game Six. They did it again, and they came back and won Game Seven. And ever since then, teams across the country and little league and um, across the world, they turn their hats inside out now when they are losing. So that is the clearest, the clearest uh, so J- story. So Jake, I, I have a question. It goes back to the Mets, probably is my guess. What? So applying for Maranatha baseball, did you start the game with your hat inside out? <laughs> we considered it. <laughs> <laughs> we needed a lot more than Embraley had. It would have helped. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be recording again probably after the All-Star break. I would imagine we'll come back that next weekend. Um, I will be on vacation next week going to the All-Star game, so I'll report back to you guys and tell you about my experience maybe a little bit. That'll be part of our show, and then we uh, hope to hear from you guys. So tell us what you like about the show, what you didn't, what we can do better. Ask any questions, and we will see you next time.
Fun, 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 fun.